0: Hello everyone, it's your man, Uncle Dub, and welcome to our first Wednesday conversation of 2022, and the first of two we'll have for Black History Month. Today, I'm joined by Renee Hess. Renee is the founder and executive director of the Black Girl Hockey Club. We talk in this interview about the genesis of the club, um, their role in providing a space for inclusion in the sport for, for fans. Um, supporting and nurturing black female players of the conversation. I had so much fun this conversation. Uh, It was engaging, lively. Um, I really hope Renee will come back and talk more hockey with us, kind of talk about some things she's doing. She mentioned some travels uh, in the episode. So I hope you enjoy it. Please stay tuned after the music and we'll get into this interview. All right, everyone, welcome back to the uh, sports wagon podcast. And one of the things that we pride ourselves here, pride ourselves here on this podcast, is not as we talk about not just talking about what's happening on the field, but what's happening off the field. And every day, every show we strive to honor black achievement, but especially during black history month, I feel that's extremely important. And so today we want to honor and have a discussion with a pioneer. Um, My guest today is Renee Hess. She is the founder and executive director of the Black Girl Hockey Club, so BGHC. Uh, The club was founded in 2018. Um, Ms. Hess shared her day job. She is associate director of service learning at La Sierra University. Um, uh, We'll talk about some of the Uh, different types of uh, activities and uh, things that the club does uh, during the show here. Um, And I just learned or just reviewed my notes here. She is a big fan of the Pittsburgh Penguins, so we'll hopefully have a little time to talk about that. But I wanted to have her on the show to talk about the club. Ms. Hess, please uh, welcome. Uh, Thank you for joining me. Thank you so
1: much for having me. It's great to be here. Looking
0: forward to talking hockey with you, Woody. Well, I'm going to do my best. I, I, again, I'll be the first person. To, I'll be the first person to admit I haven't been following hockey like I used to. But I'm, I'm trying to get back into it, working more into the show. But you're going to be the catalyst for this to happen. So I appreciate you being here. Um, so you know, I read your bio, and could you kind of tell us a little bit more about yourself and kind of weave in where the love of hockey began?
1: Yeah. So. Like you said, I'm the executive director of Black Hole Hockey Club. I live in Southern California, uh, and I've been—I'm a, a Pittsburgh Penguins fan. As you can see today, I'm wearing my rainbow Pittsburgh Penguins uh, beanie because it's cold in California. Uh, but I became a hockey fan actually while I was in Pittsburgh. I was in at an academic conference out there uh, going with some girls from the English department at the school that I work at, and we were coming back from dinner, and we got caught in hockey game traffic, right, and I had never been to a live sporting event not really a sports person in my youth. Uh, Like I said, I was there for an academic conference. So I was more of a book kind of nerd, kind of writing kind of gal in high school and in college. Uh, So I never really went to any live sporting events besides the ones, you know, at my school. And so I get caught in this traffic uh, in Pittsburgh and I'm looking around and I see fans, you know, in yellow and black and they're Excited. it's 11 o'clock at night but they're full of energy and I, I'm like what is this you know what, what's going on here what, what is this hockey stuff and it kind of stuck in the back of my mind for a while and I finally reached out to a friend of mine who is a writer and a friend uh, in our pop culture world we used to often go to uh, comic cons together you know we went to San Diego comic con and we would talk about pop culture and film and stuff. but And I knew she was a sports fan as well. And so I finally, when my curiosity got the best of me, I reached out to her and said, can you give me a little hockey primer? Tell me what this sport is all about. I didn't really have any access points. I Like I said, I'm from Southern California. We have three hockey teams in California, but it doesn't really feel like a hockey town. You know, it's just it's too sunny. There's no snow on the ground. It's, it's hard to get into that, that hockey mode. And I didn't have any friends who played or who, who were fans of the game. And you know, being black, it's it's not really something that is is uh, really big in the black community. And I just I just didn't have any access. And so when I asked her, she kind of gave me some information about her favorite team, uh, not the Pittsburgh Penguins. She would be upset with me if if anybody thought that about her. Um, but the Dallas Stars. And she said, go to a game, listen to some games. Um, read up, watch their YouTube channel, and and become associated with the sport. And that's what I did. I started listening to hockey games on the radio. I couldn't mm-hmm. afford NHL TV at the time. I, I didn't want to invest the money if I wasn't gonna get into the sport. And you know, hockey tickets are expensive. So I started listening to the game. And as your listeners know. There's a whole nother aspect to to listening to things and absorbing information that way. And I started reading up, looking looking up what the terms I was listening to meant. And finally, I went to my first live game uh, around this time of the year. And I was hooked after that. You know, there's so much energy in a hockey arena. Um, The game is fast. It's aesthetically pleasing. It's fun to watch. Uh, it's it's just a good time, and I as, as I was even feeling that excitement and joy of having found something new that I could invest my energy into, looking around the arena here in Southern California, it's such a diverse area that I live in and a community uh, is so diverse, but in the hockey arena, I did not see a face that looked like mine. Um, definitely not a Black woman who was there to enjoy the game and not to serve drinks or to work behind the scenes. And <clears throat> it was a little disconcerting. Uh, it can be a little scary to be a Black woman and to walk into an all-white, mostly cisgendered male space. And it got me thinking about where the other Black girl hockey fans were and the Black women who played hockey and, and the, the little girls who might have, you know, been in, in the youth level of this sport. And I started poking around uh, in into black hockey history. And I, I got to um, get learn a lot about, you know, black men who had been in the game of hockey, you know, the Maritime Negro League uh, in Nova Scotia is, over 100 years old and um, really paved the way for a lot of the techniques that the goalies use in the NHL now. We don't really hear about that. I, I got to learn about the, the current NHL players and Willie O'Ree, uh, you know, from, from Kwame Mason's full on ice documentary that's uh, about black hockey history but there's not a lot of mention of what women have done black women have done in hockey or or if there are any black women in hockey and so I started poking around myself and the black girl hockey club was born out of that desire to find a community and to build a community from those of us who are kind of scattered across the globe uh, feeling like unicorns in in a that we don't really see people that look like us? Well, the Black Girl Hockey Club is here to tell you we, we are out there. There are a lot of us who are Black women and hockey fans and players and executives and, and folks who like to talk about it. So so that's my history and, and that's where BGHC came out of.
0: All right. So, uh, so the first time I heard about Black Girl Hockey Club was I was on Sororia Tinker's Instagram, I stumbled across her Instagram, and she talked about it. And I think she did a uh, article in Players Tribune. And I was like, wow, this is just so fascinating. And so cool. So, so from my research, let me recall, I believe the first call that you made out to other black women to say, hey, who's interested in hockey? Was this with a tweet? If I recall correctly, you tweeted out who's interested?
1: Yeah, Black Girl Hockey Club was born on social media. Uh, it actually, CGHC was the joke name of the group chat that I started on Twitter with about half a dozen other Black girls who are hockey fans. Uh, and we jokingly called ourselves the Black Girl Hockey Club. And it was, it was just a funny little thing that we put together um, wanting to, to have some legitimacy in the hockey space. And to kind of unify ourselves, we're a team, right? That's that's what's so important in hockey is that team culture, and so that's what we wanted to develop was was a team. And Soroya, it's it's funny because I met Soroya's parents before I even met Soroya. Um, they came to one of our very last Black Girl Hockey Club in-person get-togethers uh, in. January of 2020, right? Before kind of COVID hit and we all stopped going to live hockey games for a while. And, you know, her she's from Toronto. Uh, actually, she's from Oshawa. Uh, and, but her parents live uh, up there and uh, they are Penguins fans, which I didn't realize. <laughs> uh, I thought that was really cool. But I finally got my dream of organizing a get-together in Pittsburgh because I had never seen a game in Pittsburgh uh, to see my team, the Pittsburgh Penguins, play in their own arena. And so I was finally, you know, I had been planning this trip in January of 2020 for almost eight months with a couple of amazing Black women executives who work for the Pittsburgh Penguins, Tracy McCants-Lewis and Delvina Morrow. They're passionate about their work in the community. They're passionate about Black lives and and hockey and so the it was a wonderful relationship building this uh, get together in January and Soraya's mom reached out to me and Soraya's biracial her mom's white her dad's black she has a couple of brothers and they're all hockey fans they're, they're a hockey family and her mom reached out to me and said can I can I can we come we we want to join you in Pittsburgh and they drove down from Toronto about three hours to Pittsburgh. And we hung out. Soroya couldn't make it. Little did I know she was busy, you know, winning a tournament with her uh, Yale College hockey team. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the next thing I heard uh, was from the Women's League uh, when Soroya got drafted uh, to what is now the um, Professional Hockey Federation. But at the time, it was the National Women's Hockey League. And they gave me a call and said, would you like to announce Soroya's draft this year? Um, they did it all live on, well, they, not live, but they did it all online um, because obviously it was the summer of COVID. And um, I got to announce her draft pick. And after nice. that, Soroya and I kind of started talking to one another. And she has been instrumental in building our scholarship Uh, awardees uh, mentorship opportunity. She has taken it upon herself to um, mentor all of the Black Girl Hockey Club scholarship awardees. So if you get an award, a scholarship award from Black Girl Hockey Club, we we introduce you to Soraya Thinker, who will mentor you for free in her mentorship program, Soraya Strong, which is probably where you saw you know we're on her Instagram looking yeah Uh, yeah. she's she's really active in the community uh, in the Black Girl Hockey Club community Um, we are are so excited just to have uh, you know a player like her being a mentor to our scholarship awardees and to really have a commitment to Black Girl Hockey Club and our mission because she like you said you know she penned a beautiful. Article in the Players Tribune called "Why Black Girl Hockey Club Matters," and to me, that is the epitome of what what the message is of Black Girl Hockey Club. You know, we we're here to build a community so that these girls, um, these young girls who play hockey, these young girls who are professional hockey player, these women who are working in hockey, know that there's a space that we can all come together and just enjoy the game that we love
0: so based upon what you just said would you say that that is uh, more so the the, the mission now outside of so we got together so everyone gets together and goes to a game and there's that safety that strength in numbers to say we're here and we're fans and you know that sort of thing but um that community that building that community that's kind of would you say that that's the the initial mission of black girl hockey club
1: yeah, I mean, community is right there in, in the mission statement. You know, we are here to be a safe space for Black women, our friends, our families, our allies, our co conspirators, as we grow the game of posse in Black communities across the world. Uh, we've got, we've been able to do that by uh, distributing scholarships uh, through our um, scholarship program. Uh, to girls from California to Toronto, all the way to Kenya. I mean, we've got Black Girl Hockey Club members all across the world. And I use the word members lightly because really, to be a member of the Black Girl Hockey Club, all you have to do is support our mission. And so if, if you want to make a community space for everyone, then you can. you're part of the Black Girl Hockey Club. You don't have to be Black. You don't have to be a girl to be part of the Black Girl Hockey Club
0: got it got it got it so here's the next thing that's that was very interesting to me and kind of reading some of the you know background and reading some articles that i mean i'll phrase it in this question did you think in this initial getting this group together and then creating this community creating the space did you think that that would get you a seat at the table because next thing that's happening is you're having talks with the nhl on diversity and, you know, having this club, did the league take note and then the discussions happen? Like, how did that take shape?
1: It's hard to say which came first, the chicken or the egg in this situation, because, you know, whenever Black Girl Hockey Club was just a twinkle in my eye back in the fall of 2018, uh, it, the, the programming and the idea really developed. With, in conversations with people like Kim Davis from the NHL, uh, she is the executive vice president of community impact and uh, a black woman, and the first and only black woman at that level in the National Hockey League. And whenever uh, she, I was introduced to her through Kwame Mason, who did is the film producer for the um, Soul on Ice documentary, and the first thing she asked me is what can I do to help make this happen, to to help make Black Girl Hockey Club uh, exist and come into off, you know, off Twitter and into the real world. And we ended up working together to create an experience for uh, Black women at the Washington Capitals game in December of 2018. And that was our first meetup. And Miss Davis came out and she hung out with us. We went to the um, Smithsonian African-American Museum together with her and her son and me and my sister and, and just kind of hung out and spent time together and fellowship. It, it was lovely. And so, you know, there. Are, what, what I love about this work is that there are co-conspirators, there are individuals within all levels of hockey from the NHL to the beer league around the corner who want to see hockey culture. Be more inclusive. Who want to see hockey really have a culture shift to to be better for everyone? And so, I wouldn't necessarily say that it's any one organization doing the work. It's the individuals. It's the the people who who say um, who know that they have a voice and step aside and let a black woman speak. It's the individuals who bring folks like me to the table and give them the opportunity to say our piece. Um, but, you know, my particular mission, my individual mission is not necessarily to have a seat at the table, but to, you know, open the door and let everyone in. Uh, I, I'm a firm believer that, you know, we've got to kind of, um, in order to fix and, and to shift hockey culture in a more positive direction, we have really got to start fresh. We've got to, we've got to bust that table down and, and build a new one because mm-hmm. the, way that the you know, hockey culture is right now. We're just building on top of a rotten foundation. We we've got to start fresh.
0: And I think that hashtag get uncomfortable. I think is such a nice way to encompass everything you just said because you were saying that okay, um, we've got to change the culture. We've got to shift things, and of course, by doing to do that, start over. In other words, rebuild this foundation and try to build the foundation where, again, everyone who is interested in the game can come together and make it more of a diverse game, players and fans together.
1: Right. You know, the Get Uncomfortable campaign really came together to push allies to ask them, what are you doing to get uncomfortable? Uh, You know, we don't try to posit this idea that Black Girl Hockey Club is going to hashtag end racism because it's not our problem to end. We didn't start it. How are we going to finish it? You know, we don't perpetuate it. This is a problem of white supremacy. This is a problem of people in power who are not making this shift. And so the Get Uncomfortable campaign is really meant to ask our allies, how are you getting uncomfortable in the workplace? in your homes, at your churches, at your schools, what kind of conversations are you having about race and and about black lives? And that's not to say that me as a black person is not having uncomfortable conversations because sometimes I get myself into those uncomfortable conversations because that's just what it is, you know? Mm -hmm. But it's really, you know, the Get Uncomfortable campaign is not meant to make black people more uncomfortable. We're already uncomfortable enough. This is for our allies. This is for people who say that they, you know, support uh, institutions like Black Lives Matter and, and organizations like Black Girl Hockey Club. Well, then, what's the next step after you sign the pledge? What are you doing to to fulfill this this um, this thing that you put forth? So, since twenty
0: eighteen. A lot has developed with the, with the club. So you mentioned, you know, the scholarships, the mentorships. Um, I also noticed that you all that the club does seminars and webinars. And so, what sort of thing conversations are you having in these seminars and webinars?
1: Yeah, we have done some online events. I, I think COVID and having to, you know, folks having to work from home and hockey not having live audiences at the, you know, last year. It really made us have to shift the way that we engage with our audience, which is totally fine. It it gave us an opportunity to kind of explore our horizons. And one of the first things that we did was have a community get together on Zoom. We actually had a dance party hosted by the Pittsburgh Penguins, and we kind of just hung out and listened to music and talked hockey and, and enjoyed ourselves. Uh, But after, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement really took off, after George Floyd was murdered, Breonna Taylor was murdered, we decided that we really had to take a stand in what we were talking about and really had to examine how we as an organization could engage in anti-racism work within hockey, because it's one thing to, you know, being Black is um, multifaceted. We are a people who know how to have a good time and know how to have fun, but also know how to, you know, do the work and get down to business. And um, it's, it's not complicated, but sometimes it, it can seem so to, to folks on the outside. Uh, so, you know, part of Black Girl Hockey Club, we love to get together. We love to hang out and have dance parties but we also have some really amazing scholars and um, academics and people who are really passionate about diversity and inclusion, about anti-racism work and who are willing to educate others. And so we started doing some webinars, just talking to people about race and hockey and community. Uh, We've also done private events with, organizations that want to do things internally and, and want to have conversations with just them and their team and their staff. Uh, but you know, we we love doing things like that with the community. Um, we also like to have a good time and we have a book club. You know, we, we have a book club that we meet on a monthly basis. We talk about sometimes we talk about really heavy books. We just finished reading Evan Moore and Joshina Shah's game misconduct in October which is a book that I got to write the foreword on, um, mm. which was really cool, but it's all about, you know, uh, racism and uh, the, the nasty things that happen in hockey. Uh, it's, it's a watershed book that really examines all of the intricacies of, of hockey culture and toxic hockey culture at that. Um, so we talked about that at Book Club in October. And so for... Um, november we decided that we i'm sorry we talked about that in november so for De- december we decided that we couldn't do a heavy book we're doing um britney seymour's little women remix she did a she did a fictional um tape on the little women book by louisa may alcott where yes. all the sisters are black and
0: yes, so yes yes yes
1: yes yes it's really cool it's a really fun read because um, I'm an English nerd, I like that kind of stuff and then because and I've never read a book that has done kind of like a, a bipoc remix on on an original English classic. So I, we had to do something a little bit lighter for the next month because that's just you know the types of things that the types of conversations that you have. you need to switch it up sometimes, you know? Yeah,
0: of course, of course. Um, so real quick going back to what you mentioned about the the book that you read in November and talking about this toxic hockey culture Um, in in the group, as you, as you get people together, I'm sure that there was varied experiences in going to hockey games, whether it's NHL or, um, or um, what am I trying to say? Minor league hockey. I used to go to a lot of minor league games. Um, Can you kind of share, some experiences because I know going back to Soria Tinker, I know she talked about her experiences, what she experienced playing at Yale, which I'm not gonna sit here and say I'm surprised, but I'm going, but this is from your own teammates, which I'm kind of like, okay, what are we doing here? You know. You know,
1: people do have varying experiences, and it you know, I I I am firm in whenever we have these conversations with Black hockey players or, you know, fans or executives, I always tell them beforehand and even in the, in the conversation that I'm not going to focus on trauma, right? Because we've all had those instances where we've experienced aggress- microaggressions, um, racial aggressions, and we know how it feels. We know what it looks like, and it, it feels crappy for everybody in that that situation every time. Um, the the trauma is not the point, right? And it, going back to what I was saying earlier about Black joy, um, it's it's important for us to be able to have a place where we're not focused on trauma, and we're not we're. You know how powerful it is to be black and to walk into a hockey game with a group of other black people. It's an—I hmm. in, feel invincible, right? I, I feel like like a like Beyonce or you know, and it's, just, <laughs> it's so cool, it's so fun. Um, there's nothing like it, and so that's what I like to focus on—is that joy that I get of going or seeing another black woman. You know, when I went to the last um Pittsburgh event in 2020. We had a couple of girls there in their early 20s, I think 19 or 20 years old, who were hockey fans, but had never been to a live game because they just didn't feel comfortable. They didn't know anybody. They didn't want to be in that situation by themselves. And so when we decided we were going to go to Pittsburgh, they drove up from Baltimore to come see the Penguins play. And they're their joy was so infectious. I was sitting next to them and they were, first of all, they were wondering why it was so quiet because there wasn't a play-by-play announcer saying everything that was going on like <laughs> it right. is when you're talking or when you're watching it on TV. And they're just, you know, enjoying the, the, the game and every goal, they're jumping up and cheering. And it, they were having such a good time. And that's what I like, that's what I want to see. That's what I like to see is bringing these women who thought they would never have a space in that hockey arena to that place and saying, yep, we're here, you're in, you're safe, you're with us, and we're going to have a good time. Um, because some some of these women who come to these Black Girl Hockey Club meetups have never been to a game and probably won't go by themselves. And I've come, you know, after that game in Pittsburgh, um, that was, I want to say it was January 20 or January 30th. I had gone to right after that, I went to see the Penguins play again, right before um, we shut down in March. It was the the end of February. So it was about four weeks after I had been in Pittsburgh with a group of 50 women, you know, just enjoying this game and having this wonderful experience. I came back home and me and my husband had tickets to go see the Penguins play uh, the Anaheim Ducks, which is near where I live. And it was such a different experience just me and my husband walking into that game you know he's white I'm black so again I'm the only one that I see you know I I don't see any other black women I don't see even other black men um usually and um that's it you know I I'm not special I'm not in a group I'm, I'm just Renee going to a hockey game and and it's it's such a different vibe. It's such a different feeling. Uh, one thing that was really cool, though, that afternoon, I was down by the glass, you know, looking at um, Sidney Crosby do his warm-up. And I happened to be wearing my Penguins jersey that was gifted to me by the Penguins. And it had a little Black Girl Hockey Club patch on the, on the arm. And this gentleman that I hadn't seen before and never saw since, he came up to me and he said, I saw you in Pittsburgh last month. I like what you're doing, and he gave me a little thumbs up, and that was that. So it was it was nice, you know, um, just one you know random white guy hockey fan who was supporting our, the mission of Black Girl Hockey Club. Um, but usually that's you know that's not the case. It's just me, me and my uh, my cell phone and my my husband uh, as my bodyguard at all my hockey teams.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, well. René I, I mean this has been fantastic um just what you've done uh I think the only way I can really describe it is you've created this space of complete joy and 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 I can see it in you um you know it's like you are you know the the founder of all of this but I think so much energy you have so much energy and it's just and it just radiates from you and uh I really appreciate you coming on Before you go, I do have a couple other questions. Um, So give me some thoughts on the NHL season thus far, what you've seen, you know, some some thoughts on, you know, who's who you like, who you're not feeling and how your Penguins are doing.
1: Oh, man. You know, I just this season broke down and paid for ESPN Plus because um, the NHL changed all their games. They don't have Mm -hmm. NHL TV anymore. If they're all on ESPN and TNT, I think, uh, and I think NBC has a few as mm-hmm. well. And so I broke down and I, I paid for that. And immediately I never watch hockey games anymore because I have the access. I'm just not watching them. I'm like, oh, I'm just, I'll just catch the next one. So last night I ended up watching two hockey games back to back. I watched the Penguins uh, win and then I watched the um, Avalanche win. And um the reason I was watching the Avalanche game is because we had a couple of Black Girl Hockey Club folks in stands. And so I knew that they were there and I was I told them, send me some pictures, I'll put it on Twitter, let folks know that you're out in the stands and having fun. And sure enough, um we we're pretty we're pretty undefeated when Black Girl Hockey Club's in arena, we usually win those games. So uh teams need to take notes because <laughs> uh. we're good we're good luck. We're good luck. Um, and in terms of the way things are going, you know, this, this day, today, I've been thinking a lot about COVID protocols in the NHL. Yes. Um, reading a lot about how things may potentially change um, for fans specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, I know in Canada, they are, I think, going to be implementing no fans in the stands. Mm -hmm. um and changing the protocols specifically for some of the provinces up there and since i'm in california i'm pretty sure that if things go sideways we'll be one of the first ones to kind of implement those types of protocols as well um so i've been thinking about that a lot today and the olympic uh break you know Mm -hmm. the olympics are coming up Mm -hmm. the last time we had a winter olympics the nhl players weren't allowed to go they, they weren't allowed to go play for their country. Um, they had to stay here and play for the NHL, uh, which they did not like one bit. So this year, the NHL is giving players the opportunity to go, which I was really excited about up until about a week ago. Mm-hmm. And now it's getting a little bit scary because, you know, if they do uh, test positive while they're in Beijing, they could be in China for about five weeks which is basically all the way up to the Stanley Cup finals. Oh, boy. The Stanley Cup, as they start getting into the Stanley Cup uh, at the end of uh, the the winter, beginning of the spring. And so, you know, I'm thinking about that, thinking about Black Girl Hockey Club, hopefully being able to get out in the world in starting next month in January. We have some in-person events planned. We're going to be in Los Angeles. Uh, with the Kings on January 13th, which I'm super excited about because that's my hometown uh, and, and my local team. And then I'll be up in Boston at the end of January for the Willie O'Ree retire- jersey retirement. Um, you know, Willie O'Ree was the first ever black ho- uh, professional black hockey player, um, first one to play for the NHL. He played for the Boston Bruins back in, I want to say, 66. And so they're finally retiring his jersey this next um, year on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited about that. Going to be up in Boston, hanging with with some of the some black hockey excellence while I'm up there. And then Black Girl Hockey Club is knock on wood we will be at the Riveters uh, Arena in New Jersey. Uh, come Black History Month, we're going to hang out with them. And some of the local Black community members and then in March, we're finally going to go up to see Seattle play. Um, you know, the Kraken and the Climate Pledge Arena is all brand and new. And the Kraken have been a huge supporter of the Black Girl Hockey Club. They came. Well, they were one of the first teams to publicly announce that they were taking the Get Uncomfortable pledge. And they didn't just take the pledge. They have really committed to partnering with Black Girl Hockey Club. We came out with some really cool um, co-branded gear. They have a, a Black Girl Hockey Club beanie and a sweatshirt. And they're coming out with some new stuff for the new year. So right. I'm really excited about going up and finally seeing a game in Seattle because I've never been... And then we're going to round it out in Toronto at the end of the spring. I'm so excited because I've never been to Canada. I'm going to go see the Hockey Hall of Fame and just kind of be in in the middle of hockey excellence up in Toronto. Uh, And hopefully by then the snow will have melted.
0: Well, here's the hoping, because again, no one wants to get stuck in the snow. I mean, no matter where you're from, you don't want to get stuck in the snow without question. Well, Renee. I have enjoyed having you on the show. Thank you so much. Like I said, your energy is fantastic, and I hope, you know, fingers crossed, everything goes according to plan. You can hit all those spots and, and enjoy uh, hockey, and uh, we'll continue to kind of monitor what's happening, uh, you know, in the NHL here. And I also uh, now that you got me interested because I really want to see some of this gear that the that, that the Kraken have have put I'm definitely want to check that out because that that sounds really neat um I might have to put down a little bit of money for some hockey gear we'll we'll see how it goes (laughs) so it's uh and 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 they're new so who's gonna know I'm uh really a fan I mean I'm I'm you know I like hockey but I definitely want to support Black Girl Hockey Club as well so uh but thank you so much um this, this has been a treat and I appreciate your time
1: Thanks for chatting with me. And yes, you definitely got to check out that BGHC Kraken here. It's really cool in our signature pink uh colors. And we just, I mean, we love to see folks supporting BGHC. We also have a threadless shop too, um, where you can get Black Girl Hockey Club stuff if that's your thing um but I'm just I was just really glad to be able to talk with you Woody and and I hope we can talk again soon
0: oh definitely yeah I definitely would love to have you back on the show um you know just to kind of catch up and of course talk hockey but we we definitely have to catch up and I I would definitely love to hear about your travels like I said fingers crossed that everything goes well but um, you know I'm I'm a public health guy I want to be I want to be positive I do want to be positive but you know, I haven't talked to my sources yet, but things aren't looking great, but let's hope things kind of maintain until, until, until they don't maintain. <laughs> I guess that's the best way to put it.
1: I yeah. know it, that's something that we have, we're really taking seriously with, within Black Girl Hockey Club and thinking about, you know, vaccinations and, and testings and stuff like that. And, you know, we're, we're pretty willing to go with the flow at this point and just go with what's best for everybody because there's nothing, you know, we don't want to, we don't want anybody to get sick. We don't want anybody to to have, to have a bad experience because they came out to a hockey game with black Row hockey Club. So we're definitely keeping an eye on it. And again, you know, we, we all have to be flexible and really just kind of do what's best for the 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 country
0: and -hmm. our neighbors
1: and Mm -hmm. our community, right? It goes back to our community. So Mm -hmm. that's that's the plan. Even though I want to go see my my boys play, you never know. You know, I'm gonna be open minded and I do have that ESPN plus so.
0: Oh and and, and I and I've had ESPN plus for a while and as a sports fan it is fantastic. I, I don't know if you've ever watched any of the ESPN 30 for 30 documentaries, but the whole library is there. So, yes, yes, so, so good. go nuts. I mean, it is totally worth it because I'll, I'll look at my bank account and go, What's this 49? Oh, yes, been plus. I'm good. I'm, carry on. Yeah, right, carry on. So, <laughs>
1: <Worth
0: it>. <laughs> <laughs> right, to, totally worth it. And all the extra basketball games I get to see, totally worth it. But yeah, you get to get a lot of hockey, I get to get a little bit of everything. It is totally worth it without question. And what you just said about uh, community and vaccination. That's kind of the way I always end my show. I always encourage and I always say, guys, you know, let's do what we can. Vaccinations, face masks, let's do everything we can to try to stop this thing. I appreciate you all listening. And as I always end, please drink your water and mind the business that pays you. Peace. All right. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Sports Wagon Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, rate, review, and tell a friend about the show. You can also send me a voicemail or send me a message on Twitter or Instagram at It's Uncle Dove. That's I-T-S-U-N-C-L-E underscore D-U-B. Also, please consider supporting the podcast at buymeacoffee.com backslash sports wagon pod. I really appreciate your support. Thank you.